If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're listening to The Small Council, a Game of Thrones podcast. Find us on Twitter at Small Council Pod. Email us at smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. Welcome back, everybody, to The Small Council. It's me, Axel. I'm here with Donald, Tim, and Heath. We're going to dive into tonight's episode called Home, episode two of season six. You can tweet us at Small Council Pod. You can email us smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. So let's just dive right into it. Jon Snow is alive. Donald, what did you think? I hated it. <laughs> Why did you hate no. it? No, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I feel like it was a little anti anticlimactic. I think everybody figured it out. And it might just be because they, they played it as a cliffhanger and then for people that read the books it was it's a much longer cliffhanger and the answer is pretty much you, you guys know I've been saying for the longest that I didn't think it was Melisandre I didn't think she had anything to do with it because it was such an obvious answer but when you look at it from a different perspective as a point of not not looking at it like okay they, they've had this cliffhanger for years on the book and like a solid year for the show and you start to think well it can't be that easy answer there's something else going on there's something else going on but it, it was just a it was clever. They set it up. They, they clearly gave us uh, many clues that that would happen, and and I think we talked about it last night through text, I believe. Uh, but yeah, they they set it up perfectly. There's nothing wrong with it. I think I was just a little disappointed because it was such a long wait uh, for such a I don't want to use the word easy, but such a obvious uh, answer. Mm. I can definitely it's never see been easy. That. It's never been easy. What did you think, Solo? Dude, I freaking loved it, and I, you know, as much as, yeah, it might have been predictable, I don't care. We got Johnny Snow back, um, but I think not only was it Mel, I think it has something to do with Ghost. Ghost was asleep the whole time he wakes up, Jon Snow wakes up. I don't know, people have been saying maybe Jon Snow warged into Ghost and back and forth, I don't know. But you know what? Granted, it was it was easy to predict but you know what? I love it. And maybe we're, we're just smart. Maybe us show watchers are just smart. And you book readers. No, I'm just kidding. I want to kick some. Well, well to, be, to be honest with you, they, they gave you a few more clues in the, in the show than they did in the book. Like for one, one of the big clues was having Melisandre come back to the wall. Yeah, that, I remember season. I mentioned that, Donald. Uh, well, we probably all did. Just maybe I spoke over, like I'm speaking over you right now. No, you're, you're fine. And then there was another clue uh, a couple of years ago uh, by, they went totally off book and had Melisandre actually go to meet the Brotherhood and, and you know, talk to Beric and, and get that knowledge that she doesn't have in the, in the book. Yeah, and, 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 and the reason they, they bring back Melisandre in the finale, that really, yeah, that was a big moment. Like, okay, why is she back? But what, what's interesting is while I was watching it, um, I remember when, um, okay, you have Beric Dondarrion and Thoris of Muir. 
is Thoros the one that brought brings Beric back? Yes. Okay. Remember when he said the first time he brought him back, I believe he says, I just said the words and I didn't know what I was doing and it happened. I thought Davos at the end there was going to just start saying stuff and bring him back. So I was like, come on, Davos. But it, it didn't matter because Ghost woke up. So did Johnny Snow, DJ Timmy Hines. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was kind of weird. I mean, how they all just gave up so fast. They're like, oh, this didn't work. Look, let's let's all walk away, and they walk away one by one, and then he just, you know, very like TV style comes back right after they all walk away. I mean, that was cheesy, but the whole implications of what it's going to lead to, what's what's happening, what you guys were just saying with you know Thoros of Mir and Beric Dondarrion, like they did talk about how he lost a piece of him every time he came back. So like, what's John's consequence going to be? Um, is you know are now he, you know, is he going to be a follower of this Lord of Light and now we'll have to worship them or want to worship them? Uh, it's going to, uh, to me, it like, you know, added a lot of more, a lot more ways they could go with the character and the storyline with that. And I hope it doesn't get all religious on us, but um, it was cool that, you know, it happened. It was a little too easy, it seemed, you know, and. You know, he was all covered with blood. That blood just, after a few, I don't know, however long, couple of days there was overnight, just washed off real simple. I don't know. It was It was kind of like a little silly, the scene. But he's back. I mean, I can't really say much more. Yeah, I think you guys all bring up great points. Um, I felt a bit of what Donald was saying, and I, I was just reading a, a, the brief rec- recap that Alan Seppenwall did where it's just kind of, uh, and I noted it on Twitter too, just kind of like a resignation. Like everyone's excited, Jon Snow's back, this is awesome. But this is kind of like, if you polled people, this would have been the number one way for it to happen. But then again, I think about, I was listening to this podcast last week, it's called the, uh, the Small Council, the Small Council podcast. And there was this, oh. this guy, Heath Snowlow, <laughs> Whoa! And, and one of the things is he was reminding us all of how Game of, when you look back, this show always has choreographed what it's going to do. In big moments and in big plot lines, it's kind of, it, it, it always lays uh, the seeds for what's going to happen. And I think this totally pays off. There's, you can't, like within the, within the boundary of the show, you can't complain about this. Because you know what she saw, like Donald said. You, we know she has some kind of power. We know Jon Snow is somehow special. And she did what she should have done, and it worked. The only interesting thing that I could think otherwise, theory-wise, is um, that, like, uh, I think Heath mentioned that Snow was there. Uh, I mean, not Snow, uh, Ghost was there, the, uh, the dire wolf. Maybe, yeah, maybe there was some kind. They were playing that up in the shots when they kept on going back to him, you know? I, I think I think it's just because the wolves and dogs have very good sense of smell right, and right. what's going on. I really don't think it has anything mystical to do with John. And that whole warging thing, that I really think is kind of reserved for Bran. And I don't think that he's, you know, I think he's got, that dragon's blood in him. He's going to be, that might be the true King's blood. 
she might have been searching for. So maybe like now it's all going to start happening what she saw. But I wonder what the price is, right? Like we talked about that before. Do you, uh, Heath, do you think that there's going to be any price? Like, is this Jon Snow? Is he going to not like, is he, is he not going to have memories? Is he going to believe what happened? Is he, you know, what do you, what do you, I mean, he's, he's not a big believer in stuff like that. You know, he's a warrior. So. Yeah, that's, that's actually, you know, as much as I, I was clapping, was excited. He's back because I really like the character, the actor and I feel like, I mean, ever since day one, he was one of the keys to the whole show, as Donald loves to remind me that I said that. (laughs) (laughs) But what is the price, I think, is that's a great question, Axel. Like, is he going to be fully there? Is he what? You know, that that's that I don't know. Um, But that's what I'm glad. I mean, we all kind of predicted he'd come back resurrected. But now what's what does the future hold? What does his, I mean, is he going to have his mind erased? Is he going to know things? Is he not? Is he a different person? That's stuff that we can only speculate. Well, and so I'm going to guess there's going to be something missing. We'll, we'll maybe find out he has pieces of memory missing, but I think he's kind of, kind of be the same, but at the same time, not quite. He's not going to be Jon Snow. He could be something greater. He he might be something even more powerful, and we start to learn. And then maybe with the connection with Sansa and Bran and even Arya later on, maybe the four of them coming together, maybe something gets set in motion that we're not even privy to. Hey, privy. But what, I think you wanted to say something, Donald. Um. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I want to say a lot of stuff. Actually, I think my my real my real question here is sort of the same one that Axel's asking: is um, you know, what's the price? What's why kill him at all? If he if he's just gonna come back and he's like, oh, I'm back. Let's go fight some stuff. Like he was already ready to fight before that. So what is what has changed? What is different? What did he gain from that? What did anyone gain from that? Uh, you know. Because if, if it's just like he's back and then Melisandre's like, okay, I'm backing him now. He's obviously the, the god I, I thought Stannis was. Then I'm like, why kill him at all? Like, what was the point? You know, he could just done that from the start. So I think there's going to be something different about him. He might have some magic powers like Bran now. I don't know. Or some different kind of powers. Maybe he could shoot fire out his eyes or something. Who knows? But there has to be something, something there. And I don't want it to... I don't want him to have died just uh, for them to have an excuse to have locked everyone up and pretty much, I think at this point they dismantled the, the Night's Watch. It's not going to be the same. I think I think John's going to come and go as he pleases now and sort of everyone else can do the same too. So, I, But I don't want that to be the reason that they killed him just so they could have a reason to lock everybody up afterwards for killing him. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, I started to think when that happened that that was the only reason. But I'm really hoping for more than that. Uh, so I want I want John to be different in some way, and uh, I don't see him starting to worship, you know, gods or anything like that. I don't think he cares that much about that stuff. He's he has a mission already. I think he's going to have the same mission. You you know something that I noticed, and maybe it plays into this whole conversation is I was waiting for Melisandre's necklace to like glow, 
when um, she was doing the spell and they were purposefully keeping it in the shots when they were shooting her from different angles. And there was one particular uh-huh. angle where it was like very prominently placed and it never did. I never saw it glow. Did anyone else see it glow? No, no I don't think it did. So maybe I was doing the same thing you were Axel. I was keying on that thing. Yeah. And maybe that's a way of, sh- and what they showed us last time where it kind of glowed when she took it off that, um, maybe that is a signal that this doesn't have anything to do with the Lord of light. You know, that there was some other way that he was brought back and it doesn't really have anything to do with Melisandre, her powers. And what I was going to say earlier is with, um, all the warging and the kind of shooting, like kept on shooting, like the dog was going to wake Maybe, uh, like he said, maybe there's like something going on and maybe like what we're seeing brand do, maybe he like brings him back somehow. And we see it later in like some vision that he, he's like in a vision and he comes through, and brings him back. But that's just crazy. It's just, you know, yeah. Game of Thrones theory cast crazy talk. But I love it, Axel, because that's what you bring, bro. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I, what do we, uh, uh, I'd like to talk about Davos a little bit because now it seems if Jon Snow wakes up like that, his team right there is going to be, um, uh, Giants Bane, um, Davos, and the Red Woman. Like, that's going to be kind of the team, right? And I think that I, I just see Davos is all of a sudden becoming like some important figure in what's going on and being like his consigliere and his, uh, you know, like kind of the hand of Jon Snow. Well, I could definitely see Davos bending the knee for Jon Snow and, and swearing an oath for him or something like that. Because that's, you know, now he just kind of, he he laid it out in, in his little conversation with Melisandre. Like, he's ready he, to believe. Like, he doesn't really care what it's for, who it's, you know, what it has to be done. He's seen too much to know that, you know, something's going on. And he's right, you know, he's ready to just, like, give in to all that stuff he was fighting this whole time. And just, like, let's go for the good of, the, of to stay alive. And and I think he's going to definitely stick with John. I think you're right with that, like the hand of the the true king or something like that. Do you think that? Yeah, Davos, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Let me sorry. just ask you real quick. Does Davos Davos still doesn't know that they burned Stannis's daughter? No. Right. So I mean, how does that play into it? Is is uh, Melisandre going to think that now that's what's this is the payoff for that? That actually all those terrible things she did. Um, for Stannis and killing Renly and all that was all about this was all about getting to this point and and she was right all along I just think that that could be kind of dangerous what were you going to say Heath oh no I was going to say you know when Davos when he pulls the swords he was he was ready to give his life at that point right because he didn't know the wildlings were going to show up yeah so I that was interesting that he's like okay I'm still defending Jon Snow and I'm ready you know, he's like, I never fought too much or whatever, but I'm ready to sacrifice. You know, it's funny when he says, you know, you guys aren't going to like what you're about to see. I thought he was going to slice John's head off. I didn't know what was he, he was going to do. But then I realized, he, I mean, they're ready to fight. 
and Ghost was ready. It was ready to rock. And so I found it interesting that Davos at that point was ready to give his life to defend John's body. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, Davos. Like, I think he's going to play a bigger part in this. Uh, what do you think, Donald? I don't know. No, uh, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm reading all this stuff over here about um, Azora High and stuff like that. Um, what was the yeah. question? What with Davos? Know? Yeah. Like, what do you think about Davos, man? I'm just, I don't know. I just He's brought awesome. it up. I'm interested in him. I like that we're going to see more of him and that it seems like now he's going to be on. Like, I mean, this should be, this Jon Snow thing, waking up, should play into all the different theories. And if if people listening aren't familiar with or don't want to know, I guess, I mean, I, I've come to believe that the show has shown us enough for us to come up with these theories. Um, so I'm just going to go forth. And if you want to fast forward, you know, fast forward, whatever. But the whole R plus L equals J thing, the fact that Bran is seeing in the in the past hopefully we'll see that stuff too right and it'll all be proven true and we'll see like i'm donald's bringing up that john snow is this this guy of targaryen blood of uh stark blood you know like this this savior is that what you're reading about donald yeah i mean it's i don't think melisandre's actually said it in the show but oh she has i she has yeah Yep. Okay, well, basically the prophecy is that after a long summer, which is pretty much ended now, winter is coming, Azor Ahai will be reborn amidst smoke and salt, wielding the flaming sword Lightbringer to defend the world from Rolor's, whatever his name is, in <laughs> Nemesis, the other. And in the books, the others are the, the White Walkers. So Others. Come in, others. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that... And, and, there's theories that Lightbringer, which was Stannis' sword that we saw, uh, you know, set on fire. But um, Lightbringer is is long um, is it Longclaw, I believe. Yeah, the the one that he used to kill the White Walker. So that was the sword that Davos had. Yep, he took yeah, John's oh, sword that yeah. the old bear gave him. So how long? Like, so what I'm saying is, Jon Snow wakes up. We go into the next episode. I know that this is a slow moving show. But I think that the strong reasons for this being important would mm-hmm. play out, you know? And how long is it until he finds these reasons out? Or does uh, Melisandre somehow know or, or have an idea of this already because she's been around for so long? I think all of that's going to come into play. And you're going to have the whole thing now with what we saw with Bran... Now he's having these flashbacks. He wants to go learn more history of what really happened. He's going to find the truth. They're going to probably link up, and then the truth will be revealed. And I don't think Melisandre knows everything. I think she, you know, knows things. She's been around a long time, but you know, she's having her doubts too. But you know, it's it's all going to tie in now. And as you, you know, you you, you kind of just said you think it's a slow moving show. I think it was a slow moving show. Now we're we're like kicking it up a gear. The, these two episodes, a lot of stuff happened, and it kind of seemed like it was slow because the, the 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 scenes were short. But like a lot of this stuff is like crucial to the chessboard. Yeah, true that. True that. 
Um, hey, does anyone else want to talk uh, Solo or Donald? Do you want to talk a little bit more about Jon Snow, this prophecy, what it could mean for for the show? I mean, it's just hard for me to reconcile the character of Jon Snow believing any of that. Like, it seems to me like he'll wake up and he'll be like, what happened? And they'll be like... He quit. Yeah, like you're, they're all they killed you, man. He'll be like, oh, oh. I think it's a, sort of the same thing, <laughs> the same um, sort of trope that we see with a lot of shows, and he's going to be sort of this Jesus character. Yeah, and and, and you know, it, it might it might diverge from that a little bit, but they're definitely going to play that up. Now, doesn't that change? And I've been bringing this up: this show becoming more positive. I mean. You book readers, um, I shouldn't say that because I know that you're not like going back 20-year book reader, Donald, but... BR. BR. Um, but uh, there's this idea that, you know, we're not seeing like a high fantasy show. We're seeing like this dark fantasy and, you know, the good guys aren't shouldn't win and bad things are going to happen. Is this not like... What uh, other than maybe Danny and the dragons, what other like really good thing like this has happened? Maybe Joffrey dying? I don't know. I think it's it's so much more complicated to say uh, no good things have happened and, you know, just bad things. I know. Have I understand. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like the show, it, it constantly changes the idea of oh, you know, who's the hero? Who's the bad guy? And yeah. sometimes it's like there's no heroes. Everyone everyone just has different motives, and it's just a um, much more deeper show than that. And I think that eventually they're going to have to... Something's going to have to happen because it has to end. And, you know, is it just going to end with everybody dead? So I think at some point there's going to have to be some kind of hope. But I always saw this show as just being bittersweet. Whenever okay. you do get some hope, you know, you get, you get two more things that knock you back. So I think in the end, I think the show... There's definitely going to be something that we can classify as, you know, good. But I think there's going to be a lot of bad stuff that comes with it because it's just been mostly true to life. It only ends once. Mm -hmm. That's the truth, Ruth. Hey, so let's move it along. You know, talking about some other things, we had two surprising deaths um, of uh, Balon Greyjoy and Roose Bolton are both dead. I was really taken by surprise by the Roose Bolton murder by Ramsey because for a second there, and I don't know if they shot it like this or it was on purpose or anyone else thought this, I thought it was the other way around. It's funny you say that, Axel, because I watched this with Lady Solo, and she, like I knew Roose, I picked it up quick, but she was like, she thought the other way. She goes, oh my God, he killed his son. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So the smart people thought that us dumb folk were like, no. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I was shot. I, I mean, Roos had been antagonizing Ramsey so much about my heir and oh, Lady Walder Frey or whatever is pregnant, and you know, and he kept antagonizing him, and he felt bulletproof, and then Ramsey just said, "Peace out, pops," and stabs him. And I would, I was more, I was so shocked. I was even, that was the thing that shocked me the most of this episode because in game of Thrones, how many times have we said, Oh, we want 
Arya to kill Joffrey or this and that. And the wrong people get the wrong revenge. Yeah. Like the fact that Ramsay kills Roose and not Sansa or Jon Snow for killing Rob Stark. It just it pisses me off <laughs> to no end. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. I didn't really think of it like that. That's true, Heath. That again, that happens. And I was just—I thought right off the bat, I did. I thought that um, that um, Roos had killed Ramsey, and that's why he was kind of saying to being nice to him again. You know, like giving him like that. You know, the Lannisters send their regards. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what he was giving him. Um, but instead, that's what he was getting. And I think the other part of it that you had the uh, Car Stark guy there with him was an interesting way to prop Ramsey up and make it not seem so desperate and make it seem more like it was a plan that he had enacted with these other houses. You're, yeah, I think you're exactly you right. Know? But it would have been nice to see. I could have done with like two less scenes of Ramsey being sadistic and a couple scenes of him talking to one of the car stars. You know what I mean? Like there were hints of it. Like even in the last episode, Rue says to him, you're, you're doing very well on the battlefield, you know, like compliments the way he's working. But um, I don't know. What did you think about that, DJ? I think he, he put him down last episode about his tactics and he put him down this episode about his tactics. He really wasn't complimenting him. And I think that the car stock like guy, he, you know, he just was out for revenge and he was just so young, like Ramsey that I think he was just going with the flow. I think this was all off the cuff. Like he just said, like this all happened. And the, the baby boy was a surprise. Obviously he couldn't have planned that that there was going to be a boy, yeah. but he just he just acted, and I think his his balls just kind of spoke for themselves. And then that, you know the other guy just got into line, but I don't think any of those other houses in the north are going to get into line. He's never going to get Sansa back, and someone's going to help Sansa. Too many people will help Sansa and get in Ramsay's way. He doesn't he doesn't have a, a huge army to command. He has, you know, a decent sized army, um, but uh, you know, I think the the he like like uh, Roos had said, you know, acting like a mad dog, you're gonna get treated like a mad dog, and he did act like a mad dog. It was nuts there, but people aren't gonna follow that for long. So it, you know, it, it it's a good short term play, uh, but it takes a lot of key elements out of the out of the way. Um, the, the, the thing he did with Walda and the baby though was sick, yeah. really Fuck. sick. Yeah. They kind of drew that out too. And that was like, but in a way, I guess you could say, and I wouldn't be surprised if there would be some people writing or thinking this, this week that, oh, I guess all that Ramsey stuff paid off because now what we see is that he now controls he does have a rather large army and with the help of those other bannermen it's pretty i think that it would only be rivaled by uh king's landing right i mean he has i don't know how there's how many wildlings are there there's only like two to five thousand wildlings at the wall so if he does he's not going to take the whole army up there but if 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 he that's what he thinks 
they're going. And remember, Roos was like, no, well, if that's what he thinks, that that's where he's going to go. I, that is a kind of size. I, Donald, do you remember? He does have a sizable army, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's, he has the Karstarks on his side, too, now. So I think that he actually would. He, I mean, he's, he's, he's ruthless. I mean, he might not be a good leader once a war is over, but he might be a good, he would certainly be a murderous leader of troops, you know? Oh, yeah, the, I, I got mean, the, the problem he, is that he's, I mean, he's good in battle, but I mean, I think he kind of needed Roos because Roos is the one that's smart and makes yeah, the, the smart political. decisions. Yeah, the political guy. I got a theory, fellas. Do it. As much as he has a big army and, make, yeah, the Wildlings are more than 40 guys at Castle Black, don't forget about the White Walkers. And I have a feeling they're going to march to Castle Black, but either something's going to happen with the White Walkers where they just get annihilated. So, dun, dun, dun. Oh, so you think that they'll go up, that we'll, we're leading towards a big battle in the season and that, like, episode eight or something or nine could be... Ramsey takes the troops to the wall, and at the same time, the White Walkers attack? Yes, and it's this free-for-all, and then something special with Jon Snow happens, and Bran, and boom. Whoa, what was that? I don't know. I feel like like someone was calling the hotline. What was that? No, I got a a text message. That's probably what it is. Oh, was that? (laughs) Oh, I thought that was your beeper going off, Donald. <laughs> yeah, I'm from 1985 or whatever. Be- oh, my God, <laughs> man. A dime bag. Oh, I can remember that back in the day in New York, trying to find, like, where are you? Yo, I'm at the uh, phone booth. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I guess we'll see what happens. That was super crazy. And, yeah, the whole baby thing, I mean, uh, yeah, with the dogs. And that's, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty Absolutely. terrible, yeah. Uh, real quick, like, because you had mentioned episode eight. What do you got? I mean, I don't know any spoilers or nothing, but what do you think the big episode eight? Do you think it'll be a big battle of White Walkers, Ramsey, and Wildlings, and Jon Snow, the new god, or whatever he is? Or, like, do you guys have any theories on what the big epic episode could be? Hey, that's that's the first time I thought about it this year, and that sounds pretty good to me. DJ, I think that episode eight is going to be when Tyrion flies the dragon for the first time. Oh, nice. So it's just going to be him for 52 minutes. <laughs> it's going to be an episode. It's going to be Tyrion centric. Tyrion centric. Oh, okay. centric. Nice. nice. What do you think, Donald? Uh, probably uh, Jon Snow versus Ramsay battle for Winterfell. Oh, nice. I like it. Battle for Winterfell. Uh, Nice. All right, let's go over to King's Landing. So we get, um, we get Tommen and Jamie chatting. Then Jamie talks to the High Sparrow. Then Tommen talks to Cersei. uh, And then the mountain kills a guy. Which was awesome, dude. He smashes his head. What did you guys think of uh, Donald? What did you think of the uh, the whole thing with um, Jamie and Tommen? Did you think they might start going at it? Uh, not really. Let, let's make sure that we, that we go back to Balon too, because I, I know you mentioned it, but we didn't talk about it. But uh, I, I think Tommen's oh, yeah. still still very controllable at this point. Mm. I think he's very controllable at this point. So I don't, I don't think he was going to fight with Jamie. I think he has a lot of respect for Jamie. 
Um, he's trying to find his own, which is kind of cute, but I just don't think that that kid's long for this world, honestly. So I'm not trying not to to read too much into him. Uh, I think I think he's gonna die pretty soon, if not if not this year, and it's gonna it's gonna um, probably cause Cersei and, and Jaime to just just go on a, a tear and to tear through King's Landing because I see that whole thing just tearing down. Like the, it's already fall, falling apart. We watched it fall apart for the longest time. I think that whole uh, quote-unquote kingdom is just that's just doomed, and it's gonna make it very vulnerable for somebody to take over. And you know we have the we have Dorne, we have the Sand Snakes crawling around in King's Landing somewhere, <laughs> and we have um, we have Danny. She doesn't have a way to get over there, but there's theories about that. I mean, if you can think of of alliances that she can make, she could possibly make one with Dorne. Or she can, um, there's even, if you want to think about ships, who has a lot of ships? It's the Ironborn. So there's, yeah, there's... That, that was our, th- in the, um, in the theory show, um, Mariana wrote in and had oh, the yeah, yeah. same theory. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at sort of the, um, the inner workings of, of King's Landing and what's going on right now. And what I see is this, it's like, um, what, oh, our old finger, little finger, oh, our old friend, little finger says chaos. Yeah. So, so I mean, who's coming out of that ladder? Who's who's climbing up? What I do like though is is Jamie because I think Jamie was what we were missing in King's Landing last year. I don't think any of that stuff would have happened if Jamie had been there. So now having him back, it's sort of like throwing a wild card in there because we forget Jamie's Jamie was awesome in season one when he was going up against Ned. Like the way that I watched that, I was like, these two are like the baddest people in the in the whole world. Like, mm-hmm. You know, good, bad, or you could say Jamie was bad. I think he's still kind of bad, but. Jamie versus Ned. I, th- I still think Jamie is going to be one of the, the last people standing after all this done because he's had a lot of character development and he's been through a lot. I don't think Cersei's going to live and I don't think um, Tom is going to live. So I'm looking for clues of what, what Jamie's going to do because I think the guy's very smart. You remember when he was in that cage, he figured out a way to get out of there. He, he would do anything to, you know, to protect the people that he cares about. So I think that Jamie is secretly planning something right now. So I'm looking for, for that to, that to come to fruition. I like that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah man. I, and I like um, the reminder of Jamie in the first season. Cause I rewatched the first season and you're right. He was so formidable and he had such yeah. an air about him. And there was, and in this episode, he seemed to have a, a bit more of that, machismo flowing through him and maybe it's also because he also it seems like he has Cersei again you know and that's his I think we all think that he always loved her more than she loved him at least for the parts that we've seen of them so I I was surprised I mean I just thought that I thought Jamie was going to kill the High Sparrow right there and just take them all on and like all of a sudden the mountain was going to come down or something you know yeah, until DJ Himes' troops showed up there, I was like, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, I like the, I like these scenes. Um, the whole thing about Tommen not wanting to invite Cersei, and that you know, I think there it was a little like, kind of says like, go talk to him. Okay, go. It was like a little chamber play or something, you know. Like, but I. I think it did show exactly what you said, Don, which is that that uh, Tom is very malleable right now. Like he can be, he feels really bad. He can get angry. They can use that, and just not that won't be an impediment. You know, 
Yeah. And I think that that is, that's going to be fun. And it's, and I think that sh- the thing that scene with the, with the mountain was so totally just to show us, okay, he's going to kick ass, get ready. <laughs> yeah. And they, they, they know what, they know what's going on. He's the ears out there. They're listening to everything that the, even the peasant people are saying, and they're going to slowly cleanse, you know, the, the real loud mouths out and the ones who won't get in line when they start to implement their takeover. And Jamie's so pissed right now. And, you know, you're saying, you know, we're saying like all this stuff, but we still got to remember his daughter's laying there with the stones on her eyes. Like he's so mad. He's got so many, you know, uh, feelings going on. And then, you know, he would have probably killed the, the Septon, but he played it smart. See, like, you know, old Jamie probably would have reacted and started to fight all those guys. But the Septon, he played his part real good, too, saying, you know, we, we're everywhere. But now he, that he showed his hand, now that means, you know, Jamie kind of like, it was weird. He, like, also confessed, basically, his sins. So, like, almost like he said, you know what? You're a god of high, you know, man. Um, he cleared himself, and now he's just ready to, to just eradicate all those people and i think that the lannisters are going to come back into the play i don't know if tommen's going to live uh, i like what donald said i mean he seemed super super weak you know just all his complaining and, and, and like the complete like opposite of joffrey where joffrey complained was was like bitchy like this kid was just like i don't know like soft like he didn't know what he was doing like he was timid it, it it didn't really sit well with me for being a king. Maybe, you know, they will be able to use that. I, I've always kind of thought that Tommen would be the last king. Mm. You know, like, because he is, it's kind of funny, too, because he is, like, he does have the potential to be a great king. But... I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to die too. You know, I do. And I well, can see, I, I, I'll, I'll stay thinking Cersei's going to die. From what we know and the ages that we've seen all these characters from when, the, you know, the show supposedly the time frames of things happening, there's been so much chaos that, that switched hands between Kings and Queens and Lords and, different lands who belong to who that like nobody really can get a grasp like the the common people how do they really know who the hell's fighting with who and who's with who and it's all gonna basically mean nothing when it all comes down to everybody against the white walkers and you know i i think it's you know all this stuff is just gonna mean nothing at the end the end of it what do you mean nothing matters dj tim hines I think nothing matters in the grand scheme that everybody's all this like porn pointing around and who's who's going to be leader and who's not is not going to really matter. Everybody's going to have to get in command under under one person. And it's kind of fixing to be like a Jon Snow or a Daenerys, someone who has some kind of power that's going to be, you know, dragons going to be something people are going to need to team up. And now all these kind of nut job pieces are, are getting taken out and you know it, it like i said last week like we're going to start thinning the herd 
Yeah, but are we? Th- I mean, we're thinning the herd, but people are always popping up to take their place. Like, uh, uh, you wanted to mention the Iron Islands because um, we were talking about the people getting killed. And um, Balon Greyjoy, who I guess we've seen in, what, two other scenes? We saw him when Theon went back to the Iron Islands, and I think that was like maybe two episodes, an episode and a half. He gets killed by uh, his brother, who we've never seen before. And he's He's, he's been mentioned in... in it, it's Euron Greyjoy. He's been mentioned okay. in season one, I believe, but we never... Looks seen like Theon <laughs> with a beard. Um, I thought he looked like Tony Stark's dad for a second. That too. Um, but uh, so, but he's also be kind of being challenged by uh, Theon's sister. What's her name? Yara. Yara. Yes. Okay, Theon's sister Yara. Um, and now in the Iron Islands, we have this situation. It seems in which nobody knows who killed them. But would he not? They, do they have a uh, Donald? You would know better than us. Is there? Do they have a specific uh, like right of ascension? Like, wouldn't the brother? Wouldn't his brother take over? Or do, it seems like no. The, uh, what, what happens? Well, it, it'll be Theon, but I think everyone thinks Theon is dead. So they they have a process called the King's Moot, and they they mentioned it, and that's basically it's like an election. Um, and everybody throws their, their name in the, into the, the, the ring, so to speak. And then basically what you do is you just, you just, uh, you either bribe people. Pretty much you bribe them. You, you give people gifts. Um, I think it's the captains that make the choice. So they'll be like, uh, like your delegates or whatever. And then, um, you, you give them gifts or you make speeches and you try to convince them. And then once the, once the majority of people, you know, agree upon a person, that person then, you know, becomes the next king, so to speak. So, um, but they don't know Theon's alive. And I think that what we saw is that Theon was headed over there, I want to say. I don't, I don't really, but uh, HBO kind of cut off whenever there was that yes, scene with Yes, he Theon. said he was going home. Okay, going... so, so he's going to make, he's going to um, probably throw a wrench into that whole process. But that's basically when, when they mentioned the king's moot. And uh, he told uh, Yara, it's like, you know, the king's move will decide. So uh, that that's basically how that's going to work. Hmm. So could the could the brother then, Euron, could, yes. could he then fight for the king's mute mood? Mute? Yeah. <laughs> M-O-O-T. Mo- yeah, anybody. I mean, you put, you put your name out there. Wait a second. You... You're telling me that DJ Tim Hines could be the king of the Iron Islands? <laughs> If he's ironborn and if he was if he was drowned, he born. He was born on the wheels of steel. <laughs> what his house? Mean? What his house may never die. But but basically, this is um, this is a plot that was a couple of years ago we we thought was going to be in there, but they totally right. scratched it, and now they're it looks like they're bringing it back. So some of the it seems retconned, bro. It seems retconned, even it, to the it, point at which Yara says to him, the war has been over for a long time. Because while they're having the conversation, I all of a sudden felt like I was rewatching season three or something. And you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, this, um, you're, do you, everybody remembers the scene with the leeches. Yeah. Yeah. Like that in the books that all that lined up and Balon was, was killed like right after, you know, our, oh. before Joffrey. You're exactly right, Jack. Yeah, they all they all died around the same time, and it's it sort of sort of like 
showed that what Melisandre did, uh, it kind of implied that what she did, you know, caused that. But also at the same time, you can see that there were individual circumstances that caused each death that was that it could be traced back. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like a debate: like, did Melisandre do this, or was it just circumstance? You know. Well, well, if you if you kind of think about it, I mean, certain other things happen way at a time. This could be not too long after the whole Winterfell thing with Theon because she's just getting back and kind of getting reports of the places they lost and the the rule that she broke trying to save Theon. And that whole scenario went down with, with Ramsay and then Roos going to take, take Winterfell. Right. Like there was a, a lot of things that happened. So it could be a time thing. But it, yeah, it, it it took way too many seasons to get back into this Greyjoy thing. Yeah, and I don't, in you know, it's like so. Dorn, this, Donald, come in, come in, and um, Dorn and this are seeming kind of retconned a bit. You know what I mean? Like, and it's it, even if I and I didn't know that what you just told me, I had no idea about that. So that's really interesting to me. But you know what? I think the scenes were kind of cool. I mean, but the thing on the bridge was a little, you know what I mean? It was a little, I don't know. I thought he was hallucinating at first. It had rain, dude. I was, it was like Temple of Doom. I loved it. Yes, like Temple of Doom. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And um, I think when I saw him walk out there, I knew they were going to kill him because, you you know, they don't mention that. Well, they just mentioned it in passing in the book that Balon fell. And it was always theorized that someone might have been up there with him, but you don't necessarily see that from anyone's point of view. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see how what what this plays into, and if Yara does gain control, or if Theon does, then it does open up this younger generation taking over. You know, and like that's, you see that ascension continue. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is like Game of Thrones, the next generation, because in the last two episodes, <laughs> I think we've been seeing like the older generations being killed off. Yeah, and someone kind of taking over. And that well, was the same, kinda, same with Dorne, too. Kind of what they... I meant, like, when I said thin in the herd, like, all these big power players are go- are gone. All the heads of all the houses are gone. Roos is gone. Now Balon's gone. Uh, you know, uh, all the, the, the Baratheon guys are gone. Uh, the, the head of Dorne is gone. We're seeing all these... The, the head of uh, the, the Lannisters are gone. So now it is like the next generation. But it's all these kids that kind of, n- there's really no, they're, like none of these people have, have proven abilities. Where, where we kind of like look to all these old time guys in season one and two like, wow, these guys are noble. Like we, you know, so many people <laughs> loved all these other guys, these other leaders of these houses. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part because now you have a bunch of people who think that they know, but right. you're going to find out you know exactly what they do know. And that does also leave them open, like we were talking about with Jon Snow, like who are they going to turn to for that information? You know what I mean? Like who are the old people left who can impart to them the wisdom? Like we can switch, we can go over and start talking about Bran now where he's yes. learning about these things, who's going to teach Yara? Who's going to, you know, who's going to teach whoever takes over in King's Landing when everybody gets slaughtered? I mean, I'm just, you know, but um, I had such a good way segue to Bran. I should have just went with it. 
so uh, let's talk about Bran. He has a vision of a young Ned, and then Ned's sister comes in, and he also sees um, a young Hodor. Uh, Will- then, then he kind con- Willis. Yeah. Then he kind of hangs out with um, Mira Benjen. outside. Oh yeah, that's right. He sees Benjamin too. Uh, then yep. he kind of hangs out with Mira outside, and then uh, Mira has a conversation with this creature, who I'm going to guess is a child of the forest. Yeah, that's um, one of them. Yeah, and oh. um, but looks different than what we saw last season, though, right? Or is it the same? I don't know because it was kind of dark. And they were in the cave, and she was throwing fire. But I think it's yeah. the same character model. I'd okay. have to actually check that. All right, cool. What did you think about that Heath Solo? Uh, it was great seeing Bran back. I noticed that him and Max von Sydow, I guess, as a three-eyed raven, both were warging at the same time, and he has the power to get him out of it. Um, I, I, you know, it was kind of cool. Um, it was good to see Bran. He's back after, you know, a season off. We haven't seen Bran. He's like Walt from Lost. He's grown, which is okay. And uh, like I said, what you're talking about, Willis, like it's to see Hodor then. But, you know, what was interesting, like what happened to Hodor? Do you get brain damage? Does someone beat, beat him to a pulp? Because they said, you know, a guy like that size with training could be unstoppable. So something definitely happened to Hodor where he, you know, because Bran was even shocked that he speaks. Um, But it was cool to kind of see a flashback um, through Bran. Donald called it when we saw the trailer. We saw a White Walker with Bran. It looks like Bran's going to, with Max von Sydow there, is going to kind of go through the past or future or present and kind of see things that are happening. Um it's kind of interesting. And, you know, what's funny is Bran thought they were talking to him. So he finally figured out that he's just there and they were talking to Willis and not him because he had a reaction like, oh, they're talking to me. I can talk to them. But uh, it was cool to see Bran. And I'm really excited to see this season what the journey is with him now. Now, I will say this. Mira looks really hot. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> she is losing patience, though. She's like, "Well, we got to fight a war from in." Dude, she's like three. fourteen years old. Heath Solo. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm How getting married it? soon, so I can't get arrested, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not on my computer. But uh, yeah, but she she's kind of but but that creature, whatever that person was, was like, "You need to help Brand Stark," and so it's kind of cool that Mira might be alongside him through this, but. Again, like I said, she's losing patience. Are we going to fight a war in a tree? So, you know, you know, all the pieces are starting to move. I, I still don't quite know if we're going to have like a uh, snowfall, White Walker um, battle, and horn, etc. Iron Islands, where it all sets. Eventually, I think it's all going to come together. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, if Jon Snow and Bran eventually have a connection. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that, that would be the ultimate, right? And right. could explain so much, but through Bran, we, and through these visions, we really have the opportunity to see everything that ever mm-hmm. happened. And they have the opportunity to show us 
all of the like histories and lore and all, you know what I'm saying? Like all that kind of stuff now that we know. And that was very, you know, that was very matrix like, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of guiding him through it. But I, I must say for those people who are not super duper into the show, it must be kind of startling to just have something like, it must be a little bit confusing, you know? Yeah, but I think that's what the previously on is for those fans who are like, oh, yeah. But I, I got to believe there's a big part of Game of Thrones viewers that are so, like, dedicated and know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. What did you uh, think, DJ Tim Hines? Uh, I think that they didn't, you know, that we are dedicated. I don't think they needed to explain that. But, um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I love this scene. The open with this was was what we needed. Um, little explanation, little we miss Bran, Hodor, miss Hodor. But you know, I thought a lot about like the you know this whole s- scenario when I saw the old man and Bran doing this. I thought maybe Bran could be the guy to start taking the rollover. And then as the whole scene played out, you know, at the end they said, you know, she the 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 ch- child of the the forest, she says to, to Mira, you know, Brandon Stark needs you. You're going to have to leave here soon. So I that excited me then because now he's going to learn, he's, you know, Yoda style, get taught, you know, little his, the ways, the warg ways, and then go out on the road. And the the all the pieces of season one that got separated are all – Basically, you know, right now we don't know about Arya, but um, most generally heading back all up north in the same general vicinity. You know, we still got Rickon out there and there's still Stark loyalty. So I think that's going to mean a lot. And now they're all going to bring their own little piece to the table. And I, I, I liked the whole mystical end of seeing it because it was a great, you know, just start of the episode. And then, you know, they reinforced the, the you know, when the, when the three-eyed raven says the war is coming, that, like, we got to keep that in mind. It's always on the on the forefront of your mind. That's why I kind of, like, went with that theme that, like, none of this, you know, when I said before, none of it really matters in the, the overall scheme of things. Like, it's all about the giant big war that's coming. I don't know if DJ Timmy Hines is going to get upset with this, but... We find out that Astaper and Yunkai are back. Basically, Slaver's Bay is back. So everything that Danny did has reverted back. It means nothing. Um. Okay, I, that kind of made me a little upset. <laughs> You're yeah. like, we spent all that time, yeah, freeing slaves, and now they're back. Yeah, and but and um, I think they did kind of. Again, you know, I mean, I know that we are people who really watch this show. Obviously, we do this podcast. And even if we didn't, we'd be really into the show. We know what happens. But I think, like, that is a tremendously important, like, kind of information dump that is, I guess, I mean, the episode did have a lot of them. I guess we have to get used to that, where it's just like, look, word came in and both of those places fell back into the masters and it's just like, wow, what are they even doing? 
you know, and hopefully we're, I mean, what is she going to do when words get to her? She's going to be like, oh, we got to go back and take them again. <laughs> I know, right. I mean, you know, eh, yeah, that, that whole storyline thing, I remains to be seen what's going to happen there, but to go with, um, Tyrion and the dragons, um, first of all, I got to say the actor who plays varies or Varys, I, I always get it wrong. His reactions off, like on screen, and it, it, he's just, he's such a committed actor. I freaking love him. But uh, I just have to get that because throughout the series, like, watch his face when he's not, when other people are talking. He's so good. Yeah, he is great. Uh, he is. But the whole Tyrion thing with freeing the dragons, it, it was very interesting. And I love when the second dragon pretty much was like, moved around and was like, okay, release me too. It was, <laughs> I found it kind of cool. But, and then of course, Tyrion's like, if I ever have this type of idea, punch me in the face. Um, it, you, you know, that was very interesting because the fact that they didn't fry him and eat him when they haven't eaten in a while uh, was a good thing. I'm wondering, can they smell... You know, because, you know, Tyrion talks to uh, Melisande there, or whatever her name is. Melisande? Is that her name? Masande. Masande. Mel- oh, Melisandra Masande. Thanks, George R. R. Martin. Uh, but it because it, it, it was like, you know, they never attacked you, so they know you. I think we really found out that the dragons can't are smarter than most men, can sense, and we had that when when Drogon came and flew into last season to see uh, Danny and then flew away. Yeah. Like they could sense Tyrion wasn't a threat. Yeah. And he was killing the right people. I'm sorry, Axel. What's that? The dragon was killing the right people. The dragon didn't just fly in and indiscriminately kill everybody. Yeah. The only one. Yeah. The only time was that go. And then I don't know if, if, they did kill a little child. Yeah, that child that was early on. Yeah, that was early on. So um, as they're developing, because they said like how the Targaryens ended up chaining dragons, and then they they didn't grow to you know the size of a cat or whatever. So maybe by them not being chained up, they're allowed to kind of. Granted, that did happen, and that was terrible, but. It it was smart to unleash them, I think, and to, but it, it that it was interesting because I was like, Tyrion is he gonna is he gonna die in this scene? Yeah, well, I mean, did you, did, uh, Donald, did you buy that scene? Yeah, I, I totally bought it because I think the 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 problem I was always, uh, Drogon was the, the big dragon, and he was the one that was you know killing the sheep and other stuff. I think he's just, he's just uh out of control he's just he's the biggest dragon he's the biggest he thinks he's the baddest dragon so what danny did was chain the other two up to prevent that from happening because she doesn't know anything about dragons so she just assumed that they were all just going to start killing you know kids and people and stuff like that but i think those dragons are cool i think it's just that drogon was just he's just out of line and he's probably going to end up dying is what i believe but uh that's just my, my personal theory but having Tyrion in here it, it made it believable because we know 
that he spent, you know, for, forever in the King's Landing reading all that stuff about dragons and history and stuff like that. So he has an idea. He, he, he took a chance, which another reason why I really, really enjoyed this episode is that it was uh, people talking about doing something and then people going and doing it. And then the plot is moving. So uh, this stuff that we haven't seen like that in, in, you know, in seasons prior, he would have said that in episode one, episode four, he would have walked up to the dragon. And then in six, episode 10, he would have unchained. The yeah. dragon. So <laughs> I, I, yeah. I like the idea that he just said, you know, throwing caution to the wind shows ending. Let me go and let these dragons out. And he, he took his knowledge and he did it. And pretty, it was a pretty good scene. You, you could see he was scared. And uh, another reason I was, I, was, I thought they were going to kill Tyrion, honestly, because I don't, fucking trust this show sometimes but in the, in the book there's a different character that goes and does that and he gets fried so i was like oh no they're replacing Tyrion with that guy and i was like they've already destroyed all the ships and destroyed the last four seasons of of danny's story anyway they might as well just kill Tyrion too so i got really scared for him but now the dragons are released i think now we gotta think well you know what's gonna happen is Tyrion gonna i mean there, there's theories you can go and, and check but i'm not gonna get into them right now but I mean, is Tyrion gonna ride one of these dragons now? Because I mean, there's episode eight. Yeah, episode eight. Like like DJ Timmy Hunt said, we're gonna see him riding it with with yeah. Danny. But do you know what really disappoints me? And the same thing that you guys have said is that it's totally believable to say that the slayers have taken back the slaves, and 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 you know she came and enforced this certain law that they aren't used to, and then she moved on. So I mean, it's totally natural. But at the same time, like. What was the point now? Like, where's the story going? Because now she's over here in Vase Dothrak doing other crap. And what did she learn from this, the experience that we've spent, what, two seasons? Two and now even more seasons of, of watching her do this. Like, what is she taking from this? What is she learning? Are, are, are they just going to leave? You know, so it's always been frustrating when I watch Danny's story because it's never, never anything happening to me. It's like, it's just, oh, here's a cool moment. Oh, it's empowering. Oh, go women. But like, what is happening? Like, it seems like, <laughs> oh. it seems to me like it's just, it's just a shell. And, and the, you, once you poke it a little bit, everything falls apart. There's nothing there. Well, that's so what I, you're seeing, right? You're correct. Thank you. She goes one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that's purposeful is what that's I'm saying. That's purposeful. Yeah. Is what okay. You're exactly well, right. Well, well, let me ask you this, Axel, then. All right, that, that's purposeful. Is, is everything that we're seeing just a lesson for Danny? Or is there, is it, should we even care about these characters now that she's meeting? Um, I do. I think that the, I think that there is a lesson in it and I think it is very convoluted and I think it took like a repetitive motions to get there. You know, like <laughs> if you think about it, you could have told almost her whole story. I mean, you needed her to grow as a person, so you needed this stuff at, at like Karth and stuff, you know. But yes. you you could have take you could have just had this revolt um, in Marine, and it it would have served the same purpose as all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You no, know? It, well, it would it wouldn't have kicked me in the gut as hard. I, I guess that's true, and I, I and I, you do, and I'm not, and it's not that I didn't enjoy a lot of the scenes and a lot of the stuff that happened uh, with her, but for that particular lesson, and is she really going to get to learn it, or is she going to find 
I mean, I don't know. I just, I think that there's, she's going to find success with the Dothraki. I, I think it's going to, I think the dragons are going to show up. They're going to think she's not, she is a Khaleesi, like the women are going to rise up and, you know, like, I think that that's, maybe it's just going to, maybe just like dumb luck with her, but. You or, know. or they were contractually obligated after they saw the hit of the first season to put her in so many episodes per season that they had to drag out these storylines no. that just no, wasted, that is quite a theory, Tim. Wasted, <laughs> wasted oh two half a season. What a conspiracy! Holy cow, that is quite a. That's a. She has some. Oh wow. Look, I, I don't think that that's the case, uh, but I do think that they were they were more in line with with at the point when they were writing this stuff or, or adapting it. They were more in line with staying in order with the books, whereas I think in this particular instance where you have George R. R. Martin who actually came out and said that he, he referred to it as the Miranese knot, that he, he wrote himself into a corner with the Marine story, and um, that's what, one thing that was taking the book so long to come out. I think at, at that point they should have taken the you know artistic liberty to change or, and, and compact the story or just change it because they had a perfect chance to do that, but they went along with a lot of it, the three cities that they had to go to each city like that. Like you said, actually could have been, could have been done a lot better. And I'm, I'm actually surprised seeing now how much stuff that they're, they're just taking their, their own liberties to change that they didn't think to do that earlier with this story that was already written yeah. uh, that, that George already said that he, he was, he kind of wrote himself into a corner. Well, you made a great point and which is that a ton of stuff happened in this episode you know, there was like major movements happening, but kind of, I guess, with what I guess would be considered more peripheral characters besides Jon Snow, you know, coming back well, to life. Well, I think me, me and you and possibly Tim, Mike and, and Heath had also, we had all kind of theorized that I could just say everyone, I guess, but we could all we, we had all theorized that we weren't going to see any movement with that Jon Snow. I, I personally said you know, say episode six, seven, or eight. I think you oh, said three. Yeah, three. Last night, and um, I think Heath was like mid season or something, and then DJ was like, "Oh, episode eight, and everything happens in episode eight. So, <laughs> uh, but I was actually surprised to see that happen so early. So they, it tells me they've got the foot on the gas this season, and I think it's going to be a different pace than what we've seen before. Yeah, I was thinking half seat. Like I probably was thinking season. I mean, episode three or four. Uh, I wasn't expecting se- uh, season episode two. To him get res, you know. So I think you're right, Donald. I think the foot is on the gas pedal, and this season might be very high octane. I was afraid at the beginning of the episode; it kind of seemed like, okay, here we go. But then it just like the episode just so many things happen. I was yeah. like, holy crap! Episode I, two. I want to rewatch it. <laughs> you know, I want to go back and watch. Oh, the, now we didn't talk about. Um, so it seems as though Arya. Maybe getting a, a bed to sleep in, some food, I guess, and her sight back if she's getting taken back. Um, she's stayed out there long enough, which was kind of surprising to me because it's not like she got any better with that stick. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the fastest lesson. Yeah, that was pretty quick. Well, you know, I think the key was, of course, when um, whether or not who, who knows who is who. But yeah, um, uh, fuck. What's his name? Um, Jack Jugging and Agar. Yeah, gave her three chances, three or four chances. To be like, 
I'll give you your eyesight back. I'll give you a night to sleep. Who are you? She still says no one. And that was the key. Um, as my Aquaman figure just fell down. Well, that's weird. Um, anyway. Yeah, I know. Fucking maybe I have an earthquake coming in L.A. Yeah, so but I shield, get, you're right. Shields up. Keep your shield up. Shields up. Shields up. But you, what you're what you're saying is right, Heath. It was a, that's what the test was about. So she does her little test, and she goes back. Now, can can I just ask? I don't I don't remember. I I, don't, I think I was maybe I was talking about this with a hustler. Um, a hustler. A hustler. Wallace. Um, who may actually be joining uh, Mike and I in a feedback podcast that we're going to be recording uh, this coming Friday. So get your feedback in at pod at small council pod and small council pod at gmail.com. Hold on. Hold the horses. Stop the presses. Wait a second. Yeah. They're going to, the fans are going to be able to write in and we're going to read and react to the feedback on, on one of our shows. Yeah, exactly. Whoa! You guys, yeah. you guys hear this? You write your feedback. Get it in. <laughs> straight what, from, what's that address again, Axel? This is going. Wait, this is going really good, guys. Wait, let me let me continue. Smallcouncilpod at gmail dot com and at smallcouncilpod on Twitter, DJ. So the question is this: Does all is Arya just going to get what she can out of these guys so she can skedaddle back and start killing people? Or is her partnership with uh, these people worth more than that? Will they play a part in the bigger scheme of things? Solo. Um, that's a great question, Axel. Like, what does Arya have to do with the whole end game here I mean okay she becomes no one and then okay great so what are you going to do with it or is she going to chill out in Bravos and sell oysters clams and cockles I did that for you Axel I love you buddy Thanks, so, Solo. You had some Sambuca tonight, or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are you, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's it's low carb. I got to get in shape for my wedding. Um, Sambuca. Solo, you're wasted, aren't you? Yeah, the milk, of the, admit poppy. Admit the milk of the poppy. I had some milk of the poppy, so I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Listen, this has been a great podcast. Oh my god! This <laughs> evening. <laughs> I, I think, okay, before this descends into madness, I think it's time for us to say good, good night. Um, did you have anything else you want to add, Donald? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, look, the Arya stuff, to me, that that's probably the only thing that's not really going anywhere right now. Um, it's, it's one of the few plot lines that are still open that has a sort of resolution from the book. And honestly, it doesn't look like they're going to do that same thing, but... Um, as far as the question, I think that's an interesting question to ask for everyone's plot. Is 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 this show just leading up to? Oh, we're going to take Jamie. We're going to have Blackfish. We're going to have Littlefinger. We're going to have Tyrion, and they're just going to be standing on a big battlefield fighting. Because I don't. I think that's the theory everybody thinks is like, yeah. oh, Arya's going to kill this White Walker, and then Jon's going to ride on a dragon and kill this White Walker. But I don't think that that's necessarily the what this story is building to. I do think everyone has like a role to play, but I don't think it's going to all be on the same battlefield. Yeah. I think people, people are going to establish, you know, their different houses and, and, 
we'll see some some kingdoms crumble. We'll see some rise and stuff like that. But as far well, as that, what, I, what I think is going to happen with Arya, personally, I think it's sort of it's going to mirror what is going on with Theon to the point where she might lose herself completely, but something's going to bring her back. It may be that she runs into Sansa and her, you know, Bran or or even Jon Snow. Because if you think back to, again to season one. John is the person that she had the strongest connection with out of all of yeah. the children. So I think at some point she might run into Jon Snow and he'll, he, you know, he, you know, he can bring her back or, or something like that. But yeah, I like the idea. Sword. Yeah. I, I like the idea of, of Arya losing herself because she was always that, that little girl. And then like, she's completely different when we see her, you know, and that now and having the small little scene with Sansa asking about Arya and, you know, she wasn't dressed as a girl and Sansa was like, yeah, that's Arya. All right. So I think that we, we're we're gonna probably see her lose herself even more before she comes back to to anything that she was before. Because you gotta think, even even when we first met her, she was she wasn't falling in line to what everyone expected her to be. So is there even an Arya that we know that we could say is the you know the standard Arya? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, she went from just like a rambunctious little girl little tomboy to a murderer rather quickly, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yep. yeah, I mean, I just always get the feeling that she was just going to kind of use, um, the faceless men for what they could teach her to be an assassin and then go off and be an assassin. And I think that's like the feeling that I got from other people, but I'm starting to feel like that's not <laughs> really true. I think that maybe she is going to go over. She will remain, um, a part of them. And maybe that means that she ends up working opposed to what other people are doing. That's, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, that's something that I th- could consider happening where she is supposed to take this life or she sees a life taken and thinks something else has to be done for, you know, uses that kind of, um, zealotry to well, go against the grand purpose of everything. Yeah, I think I think the the big thing that's gonna happen, and I don't like I said I don't know there there's a resolution to the blindness in the in the books, but nothing else. But um, the 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 thing that I've, I've had a theory is that she's gonna start getting missions, sort of like uh, remember that old movie Wanted? Yeah, yeah, and 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 one of them one of the one of the names that she has to kill is gonna be somebody that she knows or. Or somebody that um, you know she's close to, and she's gonna have to struggle with that, yeah. and that'll either make her yeah. or break her. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it'll be at odds with that. That's interesting. All right, cool. All right, guys, this is a great podcast. Initial reaction: We will be back on Friday with a feedback episode again. You know how to get in touch with us, and I'll probably tell you again on the recording on the way out. Um, DJ Tim Hines, you got any last words? Hence, Induru Onus. All right. Solo. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, after that, I don't know what the hell to say. No, just um, no, great pod, guys. And uh, this is a great episode. It really was. And I'm excited for episode three. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Cersei, I'm still a little confused if she's turned the corner. She started drinking again, like yeah. I did. And... So is she going to go back to Cersei? Are we, like, being fooled again? And then she's back to Cersei. Um, Very interesting what Cersei's going to turn out to be. 
um, if, if she's coming back to old Cersei or she's still numb and with the short hair. Uh, I don't know. But I just want to say Valar, Juliana Margulies. All right, Donald. No, I mean, like, like it's been great. I'm, I'm not feeling as good as Heath right now or even Axel. But, uh, <laughs> uh, this was actually a great episode. And, and like I said, I wish this one would have had the pace of the first. I mean, the uh, first episode would have had the pace of this one because this one got me ramped up and got me excited. Last week, I was just like, oh, okay, let's talk about it. But uh, this one has got me excited for the season. I think it's going to be ramped up and it's going to be moving really fast from here on out. Awesome. I agree. I really like this episode. I'm going to go watch it again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been The Small Council. Staragales. You're listening to The Small Council, a Game of Thrones podcast. Find us on Twitter at Small Council Pod. Email us at smallcouncilpod at gmail.com.